The Secret World Chronicle, a podcast novel series written by Mercedes Lackey, Dennis Lee, Cody Martin, and Veronica Jaguer. Presenting Season 6, Revolutions. Resolution, written by Mercedes Lackey. In Vicky's experience, although work might not be a cure for heart sickness, but if it was technical enough, it was at least a distraction. It had been a very long time since Vicky had undertaken any truly major technomagical projects. Overwatch, as it existed, wasn't one. It was a kludge, a lot of things she knew how to do fudged together. They all worked, but they did not compose the seamless integration she would have been proud to show off. Overwatch also had two big problems. It wasn't nearly as secure as she wanted, and it couldn't self-repair. A couple of mornings after the rescue of Jeannie, her alarm had woken her with something a lot different from her usual musical selection. At the time, she hadn't thought much of it since it seemed to be out of the Jeannie's playlist, a song by the Indie Nation. And the first verse had just seemed to play into her general depression. But then the lyrics, and especially the chorus, had taken an abrupt shift, and she couldn't get it out of her head. It had been like a shot of double espresso, and by the time she sat down at the keyboard and ran the usual troubleshooting and coordination of the day, she was no longer content with what she had. And she had her much-needed distraction. She set to work that night, when the action cooled down a little. The Thulians were into their predictable cooldown after a defeat, the Rebs were back to pettier crime, and Verdigree was Verdigree. If there would ever be a good time to work on a revamp, it would be now. And if she ever needed a distraction, it was now. As always, the map came first. The computer end of Overwatch was all right. Some new programming and some tweaking would probably be needed, but the computer hardware was solid and most of the software just as good. So, begin at the beginning, the human end. What could she have? And what did she need? What would give them something that was bulletproof, or at least as close to 99.9% .9 as Murphy and Schrodinger would ever allow? She worked at it in a red-hot fever until she ran out of brain juice, went to sleep with diagrams and equations dancing in her head, got up, and in between jobs as the eye in the sky, kept at it. It took three days. And on the afternoon of the third day, with all of the glyphs and equations, the diagrams and designs, the interface parameters and her probability calculator, all floating in the air, in a full circle around her, she put the final variable into place. As she sketched it in, everything snapped together in probability space, a full globe of flows and math and magic, coming together seamlessly with the sound of an ethereal chime, not unlike the pure note struck from a perfect bell of crystal. Every mage knew that could happen when you created something that was, well, perfect. She'd even been a witness to it three times in her life. But it had never happened to her until now. The air in her workroom reverberated with it, and she held her breath, awestruck at the wonder of the thing she had just made, in theory at least, and in mathematic, theory was most of the way to reality. She might have stood there forever if she hadn't been snapped out of her trance by the sound of tiny stone hands clapping together and tiny stone feet jumping up and down. She looked to the door to see Gray and Herb standing there. Herb was jumping up and down in glee, still clapping. Gray's eyes were as big as plates. My gods, Gray said. All his usual sarcasm vanished. 
Victrix. That is a masterpiece. She felt a smile of sheer joy spreading over her face. Yes, she said simply. Yes, it is. Then she gathered up the design with a sweep of her hand, balled it up, and tucked it into storage space. And now we make it happen in real space instead of just theory. When the design was complete, Vicky invoked the spirit of Nikola Tesla via the Quantator with a request for the design of some very specific items. As it happened, these items were so small, they required their own manufacturing process. Fortunately, it was a process that Echo already used in the medical department for nanosurgery bots, and probably was the same military process that had created John Murdoch's implants, although no one was talking about that. And with one tiny adaptation, the nanotech churned out a hundred and fifty each of three devices. They were each about the size of a micro-memory chip, and to keep from mixing them up, Vicky had made them in red, blue, and green, respectively. Tesla had been very curious and very puzzled by what the empty socket was for. Crystals, was all she would tell him. Just add that to the design for the bot maker. I'll supply the crystals. But what are they for? Tesla wondered. If I tell you, I'll have to kill you, she replied, only half facetiously. Bella had been just as puzzled by the bowl of silvery sand that had come with the meticulous manufacturing protocol, but she trusted that Vicky knew what she was doing, and asking for. Bella had just surreptitiously delivered the results, not hard since all of them would have fit in a cereal bowl with room to spare. Now the real work was going to begin. When she was done, she would have her masterpiece. An overwatch net that couldn't be spied on, couldn't be hacked, and wouldn't be bothered by a couple miles or a couple million miles of earth and stone between Vicky and her teams. An overwatch net that would fix itself. One she could replicate anywhere, anytime. One in which the components could never be taken and used by anyone else. One which, eventually, she might even be able to interface with a counterpart for the computer end that was pure magical energy. But that was down the road. This was now. After the initial three castings to separate out the defective units, then the units that, for one reason or another, wouldn't interface with magic properly, she had a hundred full sets of three components each. More than enough for now, which would give her the window to make more later without running short now, as she brought people into the net that were not yet part of their pocket rebellion. Initially she picked out three sets, one each for her, Bella and Sovi, herself, because she damn well wasn't going to subject anyone else to something she wouldn't use, and Bella and Sovi because, as healers, if something was going to trigger rejection in the user, they'd pick up on it, and they'd be able to save themselves from any ill effects. With the first test run a complete success, and Sovi full of enhancement ideas specifically for the medical course she wanted Vicky to add, she brought in Red Savior and introduced her to the new and improved Overwatch. Within an hour, the Commissar was ready to declare her a hero of the people, which was a nice change from being called a daughter of Rasputin. Of course, the fact that Vicky fudged a little and pretended that it was all tech and very little magic might have had something to do with that. So, now the hardest sell of all, and the biggest risk. 
Overwatch, Command, Open, Private, Red, Genie, she said, as she brought out the tiny box that contained the set of three devices that had been tuned to red, and red only, just as the other sets had been tuned to their respective recipients. Overwatch obligingly opened up Red's private freak. Red, you busy? Nothing I can't break off. There was a grunt and a yelp of pain. Not Red's. There. Broken. Damn. I hate dealers. Let me deliver him to the cops, darling. You need me for something? Yep. At my apartment. A long pause. Most probably since this was the first time she had actually invited him here. The last time... Well, he'd come in by the window, and it hadn't been by invitation. I wonder what happened to my letter. She'd never found it after she woke up, alone, in her bed. Gray had probably gotten rid of it. He was good at things like that. Roger, he answered. On the way over. Take the roof. I'll leave the window open. She didn't want Bella coming in on this, so while she waited, she went to the door and turned all ten locks. Doing the implants took a lot of concentration, and if that concentration was broken, she might have to retune and recast them all over again. Then she went and got Red's chosen tipple, Red Breast Whiskey, out of the liquor box. She wasn't quite sure how he was going to react to this. She left the bottle on the coffee table and poured a double shot into a sour glass and waited. He did come in the window, cautiously this time, eased himself to the floor, and stood there looking oddly uncertain. She walked over to him and handed him the drink. He took it, looked at it, sniffed it. Are you seducing me or bribing me, Vix? he asked finally. She tried not to wince and succeeded. Driving you, she replied. Come, sit. I have a lot of splaining to do. Gingerly, he took a seat in the chair across from the sofa. She sat on the sofa and held the little box in her hand. The plastic warmed to her touch. Overwatch isn't perfect, she said finally. It's rather far from perfect. It's not the rig here, it's the interface with you folks. I'm using a clutch to keep track of you, another to futz the radio freaks so they're less likely to be read or hacked, the headsets are subject to being lost, broken, taken away. The list goes on. Yeah, well, it's a hell of a lot better than- He stopped, and his eyes narrowed above his scarf. You've improved it? I've replaced it, she said simply. With what's in here? She held up the box. Tested it on me, then Bella and Sovi, then the Commissar. There's just a few catches so far as you are concerned, and the big one is... I have to implant the pieces. They're permanent. She grimaced. I know how you are about your privacy, and... He held up a hand. Hold it, Vix. I trust you. Let's do this. Then you can give me the sales pitch or the test drive or whatever it is. She thought her jaw was going to hit the floor. She could hardly believe it. He trusted her. Trusted her with his privacy. 
It was so stunning that she actually forgot to breathe until Grace swatted her ankle with a pinprick of a claw to remind her. Uh, okay then, she swallowed. Thank you. Thank you for that. She shook her head a little. All the magic's been done except the implantation process. We can do that here rather than my workroom. Ready? He finished his drink. Sure. Without being asked, he took off the scarf. He was Brad Pitt today. She chuckled a little, despite still feeling breathless. Part scared, part wanting to... Well, that was never happening. Part nerves. Maybe it was a good thing the welter of emotions was so complicated. He'd likely never be able to pick out the lovelorn part. You're first. This is both a microphone and a speaker, and it goes in your middle ear. I'll be able to hear everything you do. You'll hear me normally. And I've got a gain rider on both input and output, so even if I get hysterical and start screaming, I won't deafen you. And even if you get splodied, I won't get deafened at my end. She leaned forward with a tiny green lozenge, about the size of a large bead, on the end of her finger. This is made by the same setup that makes the Echo nanosurgery bots. She was extremely pleased with herself that her hand didn't shake as she touched the device to just behind his ear and told it where to apport itself. She double-checked the placement with Overwatch. It was seated. Good, now part two. Now, the voice pickup mic. This replaces your throat mic. Open wide. She extended her finger towards his mouth, which he obediently opened. The red one, the size and shape of a grain of rice, went up into his soft palate. Now, the hard one. This replaces the camera, and it adds something more. You're getting an HUD. She grinned as his eyes widened a little, despite the churning of her guts. It was nice to surprise him. It gets better. This is where techno-magic becomes magic tech. There's no camera. There will be nothing for anyone to see if they look in your eyeball or to interfere with a retina scan. It won't be in your eye. It wraps itself around the back of the eyeball between it and the socket and plugs into the optic nerves. No camera needed. It reads what the nerves send to the brain and projects the HUD info directly to the brain from Overwatch. Unless someone gouges your eye out, may that never happen. They will never know it's there. It'll work with a gun sight or anything else you use, too. So, right or left? Works with a sight. Right, then, I guess. He licked his lips. Can I have another drink first? She poured it for him. Now, this one has to migrate, so I need you to hold still while it does its thing. It'll feel creepy until you stop feeling it. When you stop feeling it moving, it'll have settled in place. He finished the drink, and she leaned forward and put the blue ovoid in the corner of his right eye and told it to start its journey. Don't touch your eye, she warned him as his hand twitched. Here, have another drink. About the time he finished it, the HUD in her own eye reported, Red Genie, camera, placed. Feel anything? she asked. Not now, he replied cautiously. Okay, 
The next step is for me to activate it, but not bring it up live yet. She sketched the activation diagram in the air between them and said, Fiat, red genie overwatch interface, activate. Let's go to the overwatch room. I want you to see the whole boat. Bella and Sophie didn't care, and Savior was so enamored with the new toy, she just wanted to go out and do some smashings. I think you'll appreciate it. It took about a minute for the whole array to get itself seated, verify that it was in the person it was intended for, and get ready for coming up live. She relaxed a bit more. Only one hurdle to go. It took about the same amount of time for things to settle in as it took them to get to her overwatch room. She motioned to him to take her chair. When he'd done so, she gave the final command. Overwatch, command, Regini. Live, go. Command, Regini. Feed. Monitor 4. Monitor 4 opened up a window, showing her, of course, with the HUD graphics coming on in Red's vision, and then as Red swiveled the chair, the view of all of the monitors, the HUD identifying all of them for him, obligingly. Overwatch. Override, override, override. Transfer control. Regini. Regini, she said with satisfaction. There. Red, you are completely in the driver's seat for your implants. It's got voice recognition. No one can override your implants but me now. If you want to go completely dark, just say the word privacy and however long you want to go dark for. She raised an eyebrow as he swiveled back to look at her again. Huh, didn't know I was that good at the eyebrow. Mind you, if you go longer than eight hours, it will give you an alarm and you'll have to reinstate it. And I'll get the alarm as well. And if you go over the amount you specified, again, we'll both get alarms. The last thing I need is for another Detroit situation to come up. Yeah, well, I still cannot believe the mouth on you. I've heard $5 hookers who didn't swear like that. In, what, three languages so far? And the idea of finding myself in the middle of another lightning strike is... He looked back at her, and the Overwatch system ID'd what she expected it to ID. She saw on the monitor what his HUD was telling him. Vix, why are you packing heat? But his reply had allowed her to release tension, and a nagging fear that she had even though the devices had responded perfectly to him. Because, she said, taking the Glock out of her waistband and laying it down on top of a cabinet. If you hadn't given me the right answer to the Detroit queue... I was going to unload the full mag into you, reload, empty the second, and run like hell. He considered that, and nodded. I was 90% certain it was you, because the devices are tuned to the recipient and only the recipient, she told him. Even if someone was to dig them out of you, he couldn't use them, unless he was identical to you on the DNA level and the magical level. Still, better safe, and this was my last test. I don't know how good a mimic DG is. Anyway, you're you, so let's get on with the tour. The comm works by using quantum twinning and the laws of unity, contagion, and similarity. I have crystals twinned and tuned with the ones in the implants and sockets in an array back there, and we actually do not use anything like a frequency. Quantum twinning says that twinned particles always react the same no matter how far apart they are. So when your crystal picks up or sends information, so does mine. No matter how far apart they are, he said. It was his turn to pull the eyebrow trick.
quantum physics says so. In theory, you could be at the other end of the galaxy and it would be simultaneous. She shrugged. In practice, we have an untraceable, unreadable, unhijackable comlink, and it won't matter if you are at the top of Everest or the bottom of the Marianas Trench. You'll read me and vice versa. He whistled. Having the mic in your mouth means you can whisper and I'll read you. Even if you're gagged, you can click Morse code to me, or just one for yes, two for no. You can adjust how much info your HUD gives you. If you want to talk privately with anyone else on Overwatch, you can... You just say Command, Open Private, and their name. It's powered by body heat, kinetic energy, and the ambient magic energy that's pretty much all around. She handed him the little command sheet she had printed up. Overwatch is a pseudo-AI, so... If you don't like how I made the command structure, make up your own. All the instructions are in that printout. Feel free to explore possibilities, and if you want it to do more things, let me know. Just, I can override anything you have set up if I have to. Vix, he interrupted her gently. I told you, I trust you. She flushed. Thanks. She said, trying not to show how simultaneously happy and heartsick that made her feel. Well, just one more thing. It fixes itself. It's magic, not nanotech. Basically, if it's broken, there's an auto trigger that tells it, you know what you used to look like, fix it. I think that's the grand tour. He looked down at the command sheet briefly. Overwatch, he said. Command. H-U-D, off. Then he looked up. It's brilliant, he said simply. She let out a sigh of relief. I wish you could... And then it struck her. Wait, you can. Overwatch command, activate, self-cam. She turned to him for a moment. I'm going to overlay your visual with what I see. Overwatch... Override, override, override. Uh, command overlay, cell cam feed, red genie, visual, input. She pulled the handful of the Overwatch redesign out of storage space and let it unfold around her, surrounding her again with the exquisite play of numbers and flows, patterns and matrices, and let him see it as she saw it. There, she said, feeling again the flood of rare happiness as the design sang and danced around her. Now you can see magic the way I see it. She basked in it a little, then folded it back up and put it away. Overwatch, command, reset all Red Genie, plus cancel override Red Genie. She sighed and leaned against the cabinet. There you are, back in the saddle. Xavier is teaching her's Russian. Bella and Sovi are experimenting with integrating the medical stuff to the HUD. She shook her head. Not my thing, and I wouldn't know where to start, you know? Just remember that the main job of Overwatch is keeping you guys safer, and if it's something the computer system doesn't know how to do yet, it'll be low priority to what I need it to do for you. Her lips twitched in a small, wistful smile. I know it's brilliant. It's the most amazing thing I've ever done. But the question is, do you like it? 
Because I know damn good and well that if you don't like it so much it bypasses your need to be a wild card, you won't use it more than you have to. Something occurred to her, and she held up a hand before he answered her. Wait a minute, I want to do something. She leaned over his shoulder and modified the override protocol. Gonna test something here. Overwatch, command. Override, 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 Red Genie. She waited expectantly. Just got three beeps in my ear, he said immediately. Good. She canceled the override. And three more, so now if you override me, I'll know. You didn't have to do that. I told you. I trust you. He looked at her quizzically. And I just confirmed that trust. She shrugged. Trust has to be earned, and you have to keep earning it, Red. You know that. He nodded, and almost absently wrapped his scarf around his face again. And you haven't answered my question yet, she added. But instead of answering her directly, he stared into her eyes with a sudden fierce intensity, and a cold fear stabbed her. Had he figured out? Vix he said. I want you to promise me something. He didn't wait for her reply. Promise me that you're going to fight this fight all the way through, as far as you can take it, no matter what. And promise me, you won't let the fight or anyone else break you. For the second time today, he had completely shocked her. With a slack jaw and a stunned mind, she found herself nodding in agreement. This thing we're in, it's too big, he continued, as if he hadn't seen her nod. I know you. I know how strong you can be, and I believe in how strong you can be. You're the real wild card in this fight with everything you can do that you know that you are. If you don't break, we can do this. But you have to be that strong. So I'm asking you, and I remember you promised me I could ask anything of you, so this is what I'm asking for, for real now. I'm asking you to bind yourself to this. Promise me you won't let your spirit be broken, no matter what happens. Promise me that, and that you'll fight this thing with everything you have to the end. Don't let anything break you, and make sure everyone knows they can't break you. People are taking their cues from you and Bella. If you two stand, everyone else will. I know Bella won't break. I need to know you won't. And you won't if you put your will to it. For a moment, she wondered if he had been listening to that same song that had been driving her. But whether he had or not. There was still that promise she'd made him when she'd swapped bodies with him. It was still outstanding. He'd taken his choice back, but it was still outstanding, and now he was making his wish deliberately, with full knowledge of what he was asking her for. She didn't have any choice. And anyway, whether he was right or wrong about her being the wild card, he was right about her will, and he was right about the fight being too big to let any one person's desires or needs take precedence. Strange words. Unbelievable out of the old genie, maybe. But if nothing else, today proved just how little of the old genie was left. I promise, she said, mouth dry and a lump in her throat. 
She felt the bindings settle around her again, but not like chains this time. Not like something that was going to weigh her down and sink her. Maybe more like something that was going to help hold her up, no matter how bad it got. He relaxed, and the little smile lines showed around his eyes again. Good. Thanks. And in that case, I like it fine, this new Overwatch. I like where it's going. And hey, maybe Bella will forget and leave her cam on in the Echo Med shower room. Now, how about another drink? This has been Revolutions, Season 6 of The Secret World Chronicle. The Secret World Chronicle is narrated and produced by Veronica Jaguer, with music by Kevin McLeod from Incompetech.com. Find us at www.secretworldchronicle.com, like us on Facebook, and circle us on Google+. And as always, thank you for listening.